recording this whole time. No, no, I was waiting for you. So now you're good? Yeah. Phone's working? I think so. Well, I mean, it works. It's just not working the way I'd like. But I'm sorry to hear that. That's, you know, what happens when you have a $1,500 piece of technology that you can't figure out. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I don't know. Whenever Something. somebody's listening, right? Yeah. I just, you know, hello. It's the Newman and Payne podcast. This is episode one. I'm Greg Newman. Hello. My That's, name is Chris Payne. There we go. And P-A-Y-N-E. since this is our uh, first podcast, I thought it'd be a good idea to come up with the category of first times. Okay. And before we go any further, so that everybody understands how this works mm-hmm. with the both of us, the first time we met. Wow. Do you remember that? Uh, it was at the radio station. Right. Um, Do you remember what you were wearing? Was I wearing my gold Lakers jacket? Yes. Okay. The cool starter satin. Uh, yeah. From finish. I, it was a. It was a. That was a birthday present. Or yeah. Uh, no, Christmas present for my grandmother. I don't want to say. I fine. I'll say when. In '86. <laughs> but it still looked new. Yeah, it did. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And you walked in the door because you were going to be a board op, as I was, a board op. And for those that didn't understand how radio worked then and how it sort of doesn't work now. Uh, we hit a button every mm-hmm. 15 minutes. And uh, board op is short for board operator. And so basically yeah. um, that means that somebody is behind the wheel of whatever automated system is there. And it's your responsibility to make sure that things are running as planned and or as they're supposed to. Yeah. But it wasn't even as interesting as what George Jetson did for Spacely Sprockets. No. Because he did it on a regular basis. We were doing it three times once every 15 minutes. And speaking of, when are we going to get flying cars? I don't... I mean, we should have flying cars by now, according to the Jetsons. Well, there was that hovercraft that was around a while ago, but it was like $18,000 and only went on very flat surfaces that wouldn't work in the streets. What about the jetpack dude that was caught... Flying uh, <laughs> in midair, and all of a sudden the airline is like <laughs> flying by. Jetpack dudes up there with the airline. Just waving. <laughs> yeah. That happened, I think it was like two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Same jetpack guy. Yeah. That uh, was not at Super Bowl one. Um, all right. The other thing that I remember is you walked in, and the first thing you did was you pulled your hair out of the ponytail. Yeah. And it was shaved on the sides at the time and around the back. Yeah, like Corey And you Glover. did a really cool pinwheel for me to get rid of all excess hair that oh. you left around the control room, oh, which good. is good of you. Okay. And then you put it back in the ponytail and you looked at me straight in the eye and you go, so how do you feel about sodomy? Awesome. And that's the first time we met. Okay. I had to look that word up. Oh. I grew up in a very sheltered environment. So things like that word really didn't mean much to uh, my existence at that point. And you're just that much older and obviously that much more uh, experienced than me. I don't know about experience, but uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's first time we met. All right. Okay. So moving on, give me your first that you have written on your uh, list of um, firsts. Why don't I mean like this would be my question? Um, like you know, first band whose music moved you? First band whose music moved me? Yeah. Probably Oingo Boingo. Okay. Uh, it was the first time where I heard music that had a different sound that I liked the different sounds. Hmm. Sometimes you like a song, but you don't like the next song, Okay. right? And Oingo Boingo had a song, and it was because I knew Dead Man's Party was like out and about and all that, but I had my brother's cassettes from their earlier stuff, and I liked both of them. 
What's that your, was the first time. Did you have, because um, uh, Nothing to Fear, Only a Lad. Um, only a Lad was the one that I just flipped, 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 flipped. Oh, flipped. man. Yeah. That's, that's a legendary record. And I would play that in my headphones while I played golf in tournaments to just keep me just going, 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 hmm. as in junior golf tournaments. I wish I would have yeah. seen them. They played the Us Festival in, I think it was 82. And oh, young yeah. days. Wow. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Wow. <laughs> to see them. They played here a handful of times um, before, like, basically becoming super popular with, with Weird Science and all that. But um, I think one of those shows they played was at the UNR Old Gym. Oh, yeah? You're going back to, like, that. So you're talking about, like, 1,500, maybe 2,500 people in venues like that? At best, I think. Yeah, because that's... Old gym would hold because when you put people on the floor and put people in that little upper level, Is it, I think you could do that. That's where the girls played volleyball or so, uh, yeah, those volleyball was in there. Okay. Well, old gym had basketball before there was Lawler or actually before the Centennial Coliseum. Okay. Hi, we're old. Okay. Hey, you know Reno history. It's it's part of it, but that's a thing. So <laughs> for those of you that don't know Centennial Coliseum, that's now the convention center. Yes. Right. Uh, but they played in the UNR old gym. They played basketball. They played everything. I played in a basketball tournament there, our pe- basketball game against celebrities way, way back in the day. And that's what they do with that now and do other little simple things. Hmm. But yeah, UNR old gym, I think 19, what was it, 82, the Tubes played there. That was a big show. Wow. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. I know ACDC played there. So did Cheap Trick. A ton of bands played there and they went back and forth between the old gym and what was at the time a room called uh, CBS dance floor which then became the grand ballroom right which then became limelight limelight yeah and then which is now a uh, pawn shop yeah okay. <laughs> down on Grove Street I told you Reno history yeah we'll do that for you all the time mm-hmm. all right so uh, because it happened for you so early tell me about your first apartment wow first apartment that was um, a studio. Like on your own, first yeah. apartment. It was a studio. So that um, kind of a, 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 look, it's kind of a, a, a story that is uncomfortable to talk about, but not really. I mean, if this, if we're going to pull back curtains and all that, um, at the time, my dad and I weren't seeing eye to eye on a few things. Shocking um, for anybody who knows, who has, <laughs> who's, who's had any Chris sort of. In the late 80s. Um, mid, mid to almost late eighties. Okay. And, um, so anyway, my, my dad and I, we had, uh, problems with one another. And, and so he was determined to get me to start saving money from the job that I was working at the time. I was selling shoes at Houston shoes in Park Lane mall. And I was, I came home from work one time and he goes, Hey, I need you to start saving money. I said, that's not a problem. And he goes, so let's start with this paycheck right now. And I go, okay. Um, I don't, I don't have the stub. I cashed the check and he goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, I did. It was $232.31. And he goes, I need to see the stub. I go, well, I don't have it. Anyway, fast forward through some of this stuff and the weekend expired and he said, you know, look, I need that pay stub. I need proof that you made that money. And I said, well, I can't find it. He goes, well, either you find it or you're out of here. Wow. Yeah. And so... I couldn't find it, and in a panic, I grabbed whatever I could, threw to my car. I was actually going to drive to L.A. I was going to run away, as any 18-year-old was going to do. Sure. And I, I pulled myself together, 
stayed at a friend's house, a couple different friends, and took the money from the 232.31 and put it as a um, deposit slash rent on a studio that I lived on Harvard Way between Vassar and um, Over wherever. by Wooster. Yeah, kind yeah. of by Wooster. Anyway, and my rent was $160. Well, all right. So you had enough money to have rent and a little bit to eat and maybe some gas money until the next paycheck. Yeah. And that was about it. Yeah. Not much saving. No. All right. So yeah, that, that was that. That puts you in your first apartment. Yeah, what about you? Where was your first apartment? First apartment was with this guy named Andy on Coonsley, the big apartments right on the river. Oh, okay. Uh, River's were, Edge, right? That's yeah, okay. that was originally built for Harris employees. Uh, we're in college and we had a really cool unit. It was on the end. As a matter of fact, I remember sitting on the patio because I wasn't old enough and listening to, uh, yeah, Trickster play at the ice house across the river from our unit. I think that's right. Mm -mm. It was some awful hair band. No, no, that's... Um, Who played there in the, fall of 90 at the ice house? I'll let your head go through that. Anyway, while I'm living there, I'm noticing over week, over week, over week, pieces of furniture disappearing from our living room. Like, Andy, what's going on? And he goes, well, Beth, his girlfriend, yeah. she doesn't have a couch, so I thought I'd give her our couch. <laughs> oh. That's great. Okay, so I'm watching TV on the uh, on fold-out chairs next week. There's no TV. Oh, well, she doesn't have a TV either. Okay, so I did my laundry downstairs for one of the first times I've ever done my laundry, and somebody stole my shoes out of the dryer because I could wash shoes. Okay. I moved home the next week. I'm like, no, I'm out. Okay. That, that just sucked. You live between, in this. It was a cool place, but yeah, between the furniture disappearing and mm -hmm. stuff getting stolen, I was out. Your parents' place, though, was, was nice. Oh, yeah. No, I grew up in a nice house. There's no All right. What What is the next first that we should move to? That's on you. Oh. Uh, how about the first... Um, look at this. Your first time trying sushi. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> first time trying sushi was actually a date. Oh. With a guy. Outstanding. I didn't know this. Okay. I got... Uh, this was a guy who... Uh, was a client when I was selling advertising at Channel 8 television okay. here in town. All right. And he said, hey, have you ever tried sushi? I'm like, no, I haven't. Let's go to Sushi Club. And I'm like, I've never done sushi. On Moana, right? Yeah. Yeah. And before I know it, he's feeding me long rolls. I mean, what? Yeah, you know, because I'm not really great with chopsticks because this is one of the first times. So he's like, here. Yeah, okay. he's feeding me, so I'm married at the time. With the chopsticks in his hand, he's feeding you the he food. He picks up, you know, from the plate. Here's a, here's a California long roll, try this out. And he just like feeds it to me. Okay. And then I realized this just got awkward. Awesome. That's the point where I realized it got awkward and wrapped up lunch pretty quickly after that. Oh, that was the first time I had Sandy. Sushi. It was a date. I was married. That was with another guy. It never went past sushi. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, yeah. I, I, I had no idea I was going to walk into that one. Yeah. You nice work. Sure. I mean, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, I went to such and such place and really wasn't into the, the raw stuff. So I had to have cooked rolls and I didn't know. No, I liked it. Weird. I liked seafood. Okay. It was great. I've gone back since. But yeah. With the guy? No. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> because... 
Uh, my my first time trying sushi was ironically also at sushi club. I didn't have anybody feeding it to me though. Oh, sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, me too. Apparently, but yeah, because I had you know, you hear people talking about sushi and they're like, ah, it's so great, so awesome, so this, so that. I'm like, what's the hype all about? Right. And so uh, I went in there and with a mutual friend of ours, and we went to go get some food and sat down and never ordered it before so he says we should have this and we should have that i'm like okay how do i hold the chopsticks like a pencil and another pencil and this and okay and i I mean not knowing etiquette for you don't drown the sushi in the the uh soy sauce or you don't you know leave all your rice behind whatever and so that was the first time i ever tried it i mean wound up going back i remember one time you and i we wouldn't really have I don't think it was a competition eating. Oh, but kind of was in my head. We went okay, but we went to what was it, Sushi Pier, right, over by Costco. Uh huh. And we could see we we ate there to see how many plates yes. we could stack up before they would come by and take them. Yes. I remember. I think. Oh, uh, we're at seven or eight. Seven each. or eight. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of food. I walked out of there. I'm like, I'm hurting. <laughs> that was really good, but I'm hurting. Yeah. Yeah. No, sushi is one of the, especially in Reno, where you have the all-you-can-eat thing. Mm-hmm. It's one of those deals where you can go up and down menus and really start to figure out what you like. Yeah. And you're like, ah, okay, I know. I'm not a big fan of a spider roll, but I really love San Francisco, you know. Mm-hmm. And you learn real quick what's what's good stuff. For any of you that might wonder why they hear wind or a dog barking in the background, we're doing this in my backyard because it's the best studio in the world. I think And there's so. a plane flying over. It's everything. So it's all, right. all going to be part of the ambient, uh, the ambiance, the atmosphere of watching an airplane fly overhead. That's right. We even have the uh, the wife sitting as our live studio audience. Okay. Um, um, oh wait, hold on. I was going to go back to the sushi thing real quick. Yes. Um, just because it's delicious. I, um, oh, talk on it. I don't know. It'll come back to me at some. We'll be talking about something forty minutes down the line. Whatever. Okay. Quickly, your first car was a uh, 1976 Mercury Capri red. Uh, four-cylinder, 2300, uh, big uh, CC, whatever the motor CC. is. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Now, the first car you actually liked? That I drove? That you actually, that your car, that you were like, okay, I didn't have to have this because it was something I could afford. It was like a car that I actually like. My Capri. Really? Loved it. That first one? Yeah. I was okay. pissed because um, I I didn't mean I I thought I was maintaining everything thought I was doing great, and I pull up next to somebody and I went to you know like rev <laughs> the engine. Turns out I was low on oil. Oh no! Threw a rod, and in turn the the that's that. Oh, the engine was done. Yeah, it was fried. Oh wow! So you weren't maintaining it very well. I wasn't, and then or it had a serious leak on somebody's driveway. No, not at all. No. I just I I wasn't paying attention to the oil. What about you? What are your cars? First car was a 1981 Ford Escort mm. that I managed to total in six weeks. Yeah, failed to yield and left turn to a, a Buick Riviera. Ooh. It happens. First car I actually liked was a. 1996 Honda Prelude. Was that the red one? Yeah. yeah. With that magical dashboard that looked like a spaceship. Yeah. Love that car. Okay. That was the coolest ride. It was fast, and I only got a couple of tickets in it, and I only got one flat tire going up the Virginia City Highway. Hmm. And other than that, I love that car. Your I've car- had other cool cars, but that was the first 
really cool car I ever had. Cars? Uh, you, you are with cars as I was with apartments. <laughs> yes. Was? Well, I guess you have settled down, and yeah. I have settled down with cars, so there's that. Okay. Yeah, you've lived in how many apartments since you moved out? 93. Okay, that's about right. Um, that's pretty close. Yes. <laughs> Rough estimate, I mean, if, if... At one point, it was about once every six months. Mm, not that frequent. I about. mean, because uh, you had some that you're in pretty quickly and then others that you're around for a little while. Kind of. I mean, I think I've lived in 23 different residences, um, including and counting or whatever my the, the right. one where I'm at now. OK, because I, I moved back That's into the one where I'm at now, started there and that'll be a conversation for a different time. Right. But yeah, like I, I honestly think it was like 23. Mm -hmm. I would have to write it down but I can do all the math in my own head if you want me. Yeah, no, we'll be all right with okay. that. Okay, go ahead. Cards was on me with you. Uh, oh, okay. Mm, how about your uh, first job? First job was working for a guy named Bob Stewart stringing tennis rackets at Bob's Racket Shop. Okay. That was my first real job. Like I got a paycheck. Yeah. As opposed to like somebody giving you money to help them with their groceries or Absolutely. something like that. But Bob's Racket Shop. Okay. I learned how to string tennis rackets hmm. at age 14 years of age. Wow. Yeah. And it was really, it was actually pretty cool because if you were into tennis, I was into tennis, then you got your stuff at a nice price. And okay. every so often the Varney, Varney rep would oh, show up and like, hey, here's a pair of sunglasses. Make sure you tell everybody where you got them, that did, kind of thing. Did you have cat eyes? Or did you go with the box uh, box? No, frame? I had the strangest pair of Varnays. They were sort of cat eye shaped, but they had the little Varnay logo right on the bridge of the nose. Huh. And you could pop that out if you wanted. Ooh, I remember that. Yeah, they were strange, but they had V on the ski on the lens, so okay. they're all good. Yeah, those are legit lenses. Yeah, yeah. But that was my, my first job was stringing tennis rackets at Bob's Racket Shop huh. on Moana. Okay. All right, you? Uh, uh, Houston Shoes? Uh, no, I was a paper boy. Oh, very See, first, that's hard work. Very first job was a paper boy, yeah. It was most heavily hard work, especially when you have to try fold the paper in like three three ways. So one fold, like you, you have a paper that's out, right. and then you fold. They deliver them flat to you. Yeah. And in, then you've got to put them into rubber bands. A bundle of like 100, however many customers, clients, whatever you have. And so then, yeah, you have to fold it once and then fold it uh, from the other side. So it's like a, you know, like yeah. you could just throw the paper. Right. And through somebody's window or something. The, the, How long did you do that? I did that, gosh, I don't know. I think about six months. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's hard on parents too, because yeah. inevitably it's bad weather and you can't get on your bike and mm -hmm. you're getting them up at five in the morning. Hey, can you help me deliver papers? It's brutal. brutal. When, My brother had a paper route. That's the only reason I know that. When I had the, um, during the paper route is uh, I, I used to listen to the radio ah. and uh -huh. so I would you know that's what you do when you're riding your bike as a kid and you have the radio and that's when I found out about Ozzy uh, about uh, Randy Rhodes and the airplane crash and oh wow yeah that's ironic all right so first concert quickly was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers with the fabulous Thunderbirds opening. Now, first time you were actually backstage because you've been backstage a lot that's been your career yeah um, uh, backstage, first time ever was September 89, almost to the day when Metallica played at Lawler Event Center. So first time backstage is for Metallica. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that screws things up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's hard to, ex even in that age, 
because they had not the Black Album took them to a whole nother level, right? right? Two so years later, Injustice brought them from one level. Black Album takes them to a worldly level that they've they're on a whole other plane from. But even for that Injustice tour, they're still pretty big time. That was a pretty nuts concert. MTV had had broken them because with yeah, with the video for one. Yeah, which is a very dark video. What about you? Uh, was you were actually there? Tom Petty? No. Pantera at the Quake. Which is now Ed's Fantasy Girls, or was Ed's Fantasy Girls, just called Fantasy Girls. Fantasy Girls. 1095 East 4th Street. Thank you. I'm sure they appreciate the plug. Um, But we had Pantera in town for the radio station deal, and you were there wearing what kind of shorts? Oh, man. Um, Duct tape shorts. Oh, was I wearing those? Yes, you were wearing duct tape shorts. I had those on that night? Oh, yes, you did, in full effect. And... I got to go in back and hang out with Vinny and Dimes and all the guys. And okay. I watched Vinny just warming up with a pair of drumsticks. Okay. Break through the bottom of a convention chair. Just beat it to death wow. warming up. Okay. I'm like, wow, that's and pretty cool. He, um, fun fact too about Vinny Paul is, is he doesn't... You, he, he didn't use his drumsticks nope. the way everybody else did, which is the shorter end, the tip or whatever. He used the opposite end, the, the part the that weight. you're supposed to hold on to, yeah, because it hit harder. Yeah. It made a, it, it gave it a bigger sound. He talked about that, and he liked actually the tip going between his pinky and ring finger. It, it actually acted like a little handle as well. Hmm. It would kind of nestle in there. But that weight, yeah, would make it that much louder. Yeah. But yeah, Pentair at the Quake. What was that, winter of 90? December of 90. And uh, you were wearing December shorts. 14th, 1990. It was not warm that I night. I believe it was snowing. Yeah, you are wearing shorts. Yeah, okay. that, I met a girlfriend that night. Uh, I wound up meeting a, meeting a girlfriend um, named Julie at the time, and, and she lived in Incline and came down, and we just happened to strike up a fancy oh. conversation, and that led to about a six, seven-month relationship with her. And Wow. There it is. Yeah. I had a samurai. One more time? I had a samurai. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that samurai. Yeah. Not not a girlfriend there. Mm-mm. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, my turn with one. Okay. So let's go with... Phone locked up. Phone locked up. The phone spare. did lock. Okay. Um, your first... Uh, how about your first professional sport that you attended? Oh. So See, that's like, kind of weird. Because professional growing up here, Reno Padres or Reno Silver Sox. Okay. But if you're talking big leagues... Yeah. You're talking big leagues. Big now. leagues. Candlestick Park, Giants game, early April, like 82 or 83. Wow. It's freaking cold out. Okay. But I remember walking through the tunnel, mm-hmm. and that field glowed. It was the most unbelievable sight, and I get goosebumps, and our seats were on the dugout hmm. because the Giants sucked. There wasn't really that many people there. It was like 30 degrees outside. So we sat there the entire game slapping on the dugout for my first ever big league game. Awesome. Nobody told me that, no, you don't normally get these seats. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just a kid and we're watching game and we're slapping on the dugout. But I remember walking through the tunnel like it's yesterday, seeing that field glow because there's something about, I don't know what it was, how they made that grass so green. It was greener than anything I'd ever seen. Maybe it was the lights, I don't know. But yeah, huh. Giants game, Candlestick Park, Probably playing the Dodgers. Wow. Yeah. And we had seats on the tug. That's amazing. Yeah. 
That was that was first big. Like I said, I know growing up, I went to a ton of Silver Sox games, Reno Padres games, those even Reno Bighorns games, mm-hmm. like when they're in the CBL, uh, playing at the Coliseum. So those are the first true professional games. But big league games, yeah, it was a Giants game. Yeah, because I saw a fair amount of Padres games growing up, right? As well as Silver Sox too, and all that. But my at Moana Stadium, that's no longer there. Yeah, we'll just keep naming all the things that are no longer there. <laughs> Chron- uh, chronal. Uh, uh, what is it, what is the term I'm looking for? Um, you're trying to chronicle uh, the history of the city or something, right? Did I get That's that right? That's the term. Okay, sure. I'll probably you wrong. Um, the uh, the first for me was um, Yankees baseball in Oakland. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yankees baseball in Oakland, and then um, my first professional hockey game was mm-hmm. an exhibition game. In Sacramento at Arco Arena, you ready for this? Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. The Chicago Blackhawks and the Boston Bruins. Really? I All swear the way to out God. here. I thought you were gonna tell me like Gretzky with the Kings or something like no, that. No, I wow. still have. What the were tic- they doing all the way out here? <laughs> that's, that's what crazy. I crazy. Yeah, I have the ticket up for it too. Huh. And I bet you that place was packed. It, it because really. Because hockey is not a thing in no. California. No. Other than the Sharks. And the Sharks, were they around yet? No, Sharks hadn't. Nah, they, they weren't even a, a, a blip on the radar. Right. Because the Sharks started playing in the Cow Palace before they got their original home mm-hmm. or their new home now. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> huh. Okay. Uh, you're up. First time you're on stage introing a band. Wow. Oh boy. Um, was I there for that one? No, I don't think so because I, uh, my first time doing that, I was, it was a local like battle of the band thing. Oh, right. And that was at a, at a room. Here's another one. Um, on, off of, on Keystone, it was called Easy Street. <laughs> and which the, was a movie theater before that. Yeah, the Keystone Cinema. Um, the first rock show that happened there with a big name or a, a name band was August 1st, 1990, and it was the Black Crows. They played there? I thought yeah. they played the Limelight. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Played so e- the, the first... Played Easy Street. Like, the first name was the Black Crows. All right. And we did... Um, I remember I was working at, at the time, the radio station um, was 96 Rock, and I was new in 89 to the station, and they said, hey, we're going to do this Battle of the Bands thing. Need you to do some in- stage announcements. Okay, I've never done it before in my life try to channel whatever lead singer that you've seen on stage and, and use some of their um, prowess, if you will. Oh, as which lends itself to the high as possible. Hello, Reno! Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it, it, oh. it, and so, like, you learn what to do, what not to do. You learn not to go on forever. And uh, so, for instance, um, fast forward to 2011, and I remember being at the Knitting Factory, and there was a metal show there that night, and uh, a local on-air personality at the time was on stage, not me, and he, I, I looked at the intern who was with me, and I said, are you ready to learn what not to do when you're on stage? And he goes, yeah. I go, watch this. And the guy came out and made this stage announcement all about him, and I'm like, come on. Like... 
painful. Yeah, it was. And, and did they cup the mic on top of everything? No. Oh, that's too bad. No, he has. He and he has great stage presence. Huh. That's the thing. But like, less is more. You could have just. Yeah. Hey, I'm so and so, and having a good time tonight. Tip your bartenders. Bands next. Enjoy yourselves. And that's what I learned to do over yeah. time, because people don't give a rat's ass about you. No. They want to see Queensrÿche. They want to see. Yeah. You know, Motley Crue, they want to see all the bands that they came to see. They don't give a damn about Okay, them. so the biggest band that you got to introduce? Radio personality. Um, wow, it was, uh, was it System of a Down in Were Sacramento? You, that was a big show. No, uh, just right before Disturbed in Sacramento. And that would have been in 2002. So and they were- had the, the snow shows here at the- uh, that you introduced snow show the uh the holiday shows with uh oh okay like it well i mean cage the elephant yes yeah that that's right up there um fallout boy yeah um i mean there have been a ton of i had big data as the opener for that whole show opportunity i mean there have been a number of opportunities to announce bands i'm trying to talk a little bit louder, raise my voice, saw the plane flying over, doesn't drown the conversation. Um, no, like, there have been a, a, a ton of... Yes, I'm glaring at the plane. Uh, <laughs> there have been a ton of opportunities. I, I mean, silence with like, I, th- I honestly think, because it was sold out at Arco Arena. Right. So it was, that was like 18,000 people. There you go. It okay. was Corn Disturbed That's... and this, uh, a band that existed after one record, two records, I think, called Trust Company. Oh. And uh, Paul Marshall, um, Paul and I were, were on stage right before Disturbed. And it, we, we set it up. I was wearing a corn basketball jersey. He was wearing a Sacramento Kings Scott Pollard jersey. Yeah. And I, you know, we're on opposite sides of the stage. And I said, hey, Paul. And he was like, yeah, because at the time, my radio name was Alex. Talk about that later. <laughs> but um, I was like, hey, Paul. He goes, what's up, Alex? I go, I bet I know who's going to rule tonight. And I took my whatever 98 Rock staff shirt and I had the corn basketball jersey on the place went bananas and he goes oh yeah well I know I know a team that's better than yours I go what the whole room was like what and all of a sudden Paul takes his shirt off he's wearing the Kings jersey in the place I've never heard a crowd that loud my entire life so yeah and the Kings were top of the rock at the time too cool yeah that's a lot of fun Mm. all right what about you did you introduce people uh only a couple of times we did we did some radio station shows I got to introduce arcade awesome uh, which for those of you that Piercy band, right? Yeah, oh. that was Stephen Piercy when he wasn't with Rat and okay. not doing TV commercials for insurance. Uh, he had a little band called Arcade, and then a band that we got to know called The Chance hmm. came. They opened for them, and then they came back and they asked me to introduce them. The Chance opened for Arcade. Yeah, well, that's a weird bill. At the Ice House. Huh. I think it was a management thing. Like, just wow. want these guys to do something because. They're on this little independent little Skydoor records that never did anything after that, and huh. that was the end of it. Okay. So, no, I didn't do a lot of that kind of stuff. I get to MC a Bud Girl contest once. That's those, as much as anything. Those so. are fun. Yeah, they're fun until you realize everybody in the crowd is wildly inebriated and you want to leave. Okay. Then you're like, no, then I'm out. Then I'm, I'm done. I did that with, uh, with Harry Reynolds. Still yeah. w- with the airplanes flying over. Yeah, it's that time. All right, uh, who, your turn, my no, turn? No, yours. Oh, I'm up? Yeah. Okay. How about the, your uh, first pair of your favorite shoes? So when I was about 
second or third grade, mm -hmm. I had a pair of these red and blue shoes and around the perimeter of the sole. So picture Chuck Taylors. Yeah. Okay. But they weren't Chuck Taylors. Are they they heads? They had that, that high sole to them because okay. that's what everything was. And it had a shell top to them. But around the perimeter of the soles mm -hmm. that you could see were every single baseball team's logo. Really? Yeah. Those were my favorite shoes when I was a little kid. Huh. And I got a pair and, you know, running along and I scuffed the side in one of the just right over the top of oh, somebody's logo. Or but those are my shoes. So, and I was one of those kids that went through pairs of shoes fast because I was always doing stuff. But yeah, I remember the, <laughs> I remember the shoes with the baseball team logos around the perimeter of the soles. Were you bummed out? when that happened well a little bit but I mean there's shoes what am I gonna do take them off and like run around no I was I had shoes I wore them and that's what happened but I remember my red and blue baseball shoes with the logos around huh. the perimeters. those are my favorite shoes Wow I, um, I, I was a jocks kid growing up oh, wearing Tom really? McCann sure <clears throat> because we had um, my, my parents Tom t-h-o-m yeah all right and because uh, there was a jock store in at the mall at Park Lane yeah I remember that vividly. And About three doors down from Mirabellis. Is that what it, where it was? Yeah, sure. Okay. Same side of the mall, right? Just past the clock, right as you walked in from the pavilion. On the right, yeah. Yeah. So they, um, so because uh, we didn't, I always wanted a pair of Tigers, Asics. Oh, okay. And Jocks, the, the, the two stripe, one stripe look was, was really close. Yeah, almost, yeah. almost Asics. But um, so I used to wear those. They were not my favorite. My favorite pair, fifth grade, I was wearing a pair of Brooks that my mom bought me at Big Five. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so wearing, wearing them at Big and and I, I was like, I worked work my ass off to help get those shoes. And she was like, okay, let's go get them. And we buy a pair of size 10s and she was like, don't mess these up. I'm like, no, I won't. I'm so excited. These are going to be great shoes. They're going to be so awesome. And... <clears throat> Excuse me. So what does Chris Payne do? About four days into wearing the shoes, he trips and rips a oh. hole in the right big toe. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. So I didn't wear the shoes. Hmm. And I kept wearing the uh, any other shoe that I could find to wear. And my mother was like, why aren't you wearing the Brooks that we bought you? And I'll, I'll, I'll wear them another time. Oh. And then she found them and she goes, we need to talk. Oh. Yeah, the four words you never want to hear from anyone. No. And no. she holds the shoe up and she goes, what happened? Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So not only were you bummed, but you disappointed your parents. Oh, man. Yeah, Disappointment is the worst. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll take anybody's <laughs> anger all day long, but the moment they tell you that they're disappointed and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's the worst. All right. First ticket and or moving violation. Mm. That actually takes one off of my list, too, so nicely done. Um, first moving violation slash ticket was uh, my senior year in high school. I was driving my dad's Datsun B210. Ooh. I was flying on Whittakin. I was late to pick up my girlfriend at the time. You must have been going downhill in a Datsun B210 to no. get a ticket. Okay. <laughs> no, I was, I was uh, in fact, sorry, junior year, not senior year. Junior year, I was using my dad's car, and I was flying to go pick up my girlfriend for a date. I was late, shocking. And those, the backstory on that real quick, um, I'm gonna be late for my own funeral. 
Um, in fact, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're in charge of my funeral, um, make sure that it starts about three minutes later than yeah, the time least. that's on the thing. Three um, to 50. Thank you. And so, yeah, so I was doing 47 and a 25. Oh. The clock, the, the cop totally clocked me at 47 and 25. And so my dad was pissed. And I had to do a traffic school. Oh, yeah. So, on your first ticket? Yeah. Oh, wow. I had to do the traffic school. Um, and the, the traffic school was... That was after talking to Judge McCluskey at Wittenberg. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. The guy, he had the eyebrows and he'd just stare at you. Do you know that it doesn't help to speed? You're not going to get there any faster. Yeah, that, that's oh. what the cops said too. Oh yeah, along those lines, something along those lines. And so yeah, I um, have that memorized. I, I had for some to reason do the um, the uh, the traffic school. Okay, so uh, it's like 12th Street, I think it is, in Sparks, or is that still Reno? Because you have to go down Glendale, go left on 12th, and it's like a blue building. It also doubled as like a. Um, Almost like a fire station type area. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. We'll try. I'll point it out on, on the thing. But anyway, there's like a blue building, and I think there was like a fire department or whatever. I had to do a traffic school thing that day from eight until nine. Oh, 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 that's where you did the traffic school, yeah. not where you got the ticket. No. You're not close. Are you not far from where you got the ticket there, though? Yeah, I'm far. Because Whittakin was over. Oh, by you're up on. Yeah, and you're over. Yeah, that's. That's in that area over by uh, off Galetti and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Near there. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of in a little funky schoolroom mm -hmm. that they had in that little non-building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did that too. Where, where, what about your but it violation? Wasn't, that wasn't after the first or second or third. I think it was after the third or fourth ticket they told me to go to the Third truck. or fourth? Yeah. I, I saved them for a while because it was making a nice book. I, I had problems staying at the proper speed okay the first ticket was failure to yield in a left turn with the uh, 1981 ford escort okay the first actual speeding ticket oh i was at south shore lake tahoe and right at the y mm -hmm. i got pulled over for doing 45. okay right and the cop says no it's a 35 zone and i said i'm doing 45 and he goes well it's a 35 zone so I actually drove back up there, took a picture of where I was pulled over with the sign that said it's a 45 zone. And when the juvenile uh, judge from South Lake called me, mm -hmm. called me and said, we need to talk about this. I told her exactly what had happened and said, I'd be more than happy to show her the, the photograph. Okay. And she said, you know what? You're right. That's not very appropriate. And she let me off. Wow. That one. I had others, but that one I actually got let off on. Well done. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that was, uh, all right. Wow. First time you remember getting truly blackout drunk. Oh boy. Uh, it would be my birthday. Um, <laughs> uh, 20th birthday. 20th. 20th birthday. Um, because there were three of us that all had the same birthday. Oh, okay. uh, it was my friend, Eric, who, if you right. remember Eric with a Chevelle, he was one of my best friends growing up, um, or at least I thought he was one of my best friends. We were good friends, played soccer. His dad was, was instrumental in my soccer um, uh, upbringing, if he you He was will. your coach. Yeah, uh. he, was, he was my coach and wound up becoming a very good friend. Um, and, and so Eric, me, and then um, Eric's wife's, uh, then her girlfriend's half-sister, whatever, Kathy, 
she also was, she had a birthday. So Eric was turning 21, I was 20, and she was turning 19. Uh. We were at this, this party, I don't even remember where, but it was, it was like this massive farm area. And there were going to be, <laughs> t- there was like two kegs, okay? Two okay. kegs of beer. And, you know, I, I had this giant mug, a giant plastic mug, and it said on it, Big Swig. So I think I had two of those. And that was that. Oh, that was like a 40-ounce mug, I think. So, yeah, I had a lot of beer that night. Oh, that fills you up, too. That's hard to do. Oh. I know I had to pee a lot. Yeah. How about you? So my brother came home from the military for a Christmas break one year. Mm-hmm. And on Christmas night, we went out with his, his best friends growing up. Okay. One of which is Trent, who is from uh, Silver Peak. Okay. And at the time, Trent was developing how to make beer long before Silver Peak even existed. Outstanding. So he said, here, try this. And it's this crazy, muddy, dark beer. And remember, everything at the time is Budweiser and Coors and Miller and things that you can see through the glass. Mm-hmm. And he hands me something that looks more like a root beer. So I take a swig of it. Wow, that's really good. It's kind of sweet. Kind of another one. Sure. Okay, there you go. Now we're going to a party. We are? Okay, so we get in the car, and I have had four or five of what ended up being Peavine Porters. Okay. And they slot me into the back of this car, and we drive up to this party, and I stumble through this little apartment that is smoky and smells like pot and smells like people, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. Oh, I got no. So I went outside, I got sick, found the car, and I passed out in the back of the car somewhere. I have no idea where it was, and I don't know how I got home that night. Good Lord. And I was 15. <laughs> 15. 15. Outstanding. With my brother, so it's all good. Yeah. Because he was 21 or 2. Okay. So that made it okay. Okay. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's out of it. Huh. Yeah. Do you remember the first restaurant you ate at with your parents? Or, or yeah, oh. you ate the first restaurant you ate at your parents with uh, for the first time? Uh, earliest memories probably are things like the Mapes okay. uh, coffee shop with my dad. Okay. Because when he was uh, managing radio station up on Sutro, mm-hmm. he had a trade at the Mapes coffee shop. Which for those who um, wondering the trade is, is basically is, we'll give you $500 worth of advertising, and in turn, you will give us $500 worth of certificates that we can use. Of food, yes. Yes. And so we go in there, and my dad would say, okay, we're going to play Kino. And he never actually give the keno ticket to the girl. We would just see if any of the numbers hit just to keep us busy while sure. we're playing. But yeah, eating at the Mapes. And oh, by the way, the Mapes is downtown at first in Virginia, for those of you that don't the, Which is now that. City Plaza, where the yeah. belief sign is. Right, exactly. But that's as early as I can remember going anywhere with my family is the Mapes coffee shop. Huh. Yeah. How about you? Spoggies. Ah, Spoggies Lunchbox. Which is now Coach's Bar and Grill. Yeah. That was at Coach's last night. Um, yeah, oh, Spoggies. So I had, uh, I used to have the, the uh, pasta and butter. Oh. And that's all I had as a kid. Pasta and <laughs> butter, and they'd bring me a salad with Thousand Island dressing. Mm. That, was, that, that was my thing. That's why it's probably why I lean on Thousand Island dressing so much still, nice. it, still to this day, because it's what I had when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I now, having said that, Further understand why some kids love ranch dressing as much as they do. Oh, yeah, it's a good staple. It's it's an easy. I literally just came to that conclusion. Yeah, that's it's an easy thing for 
kids to drown uh, vegetables. I in. mean, I did it with Thousand Island dressing. It's still at last times. week. Okay. Uh, first, you'd mentioned your coach, so mm-hmm. we're getting to about the end of this. Tell me about your first team and your what was the team name? Oh man, any sport. Uh, Probably soccer, because yeah. we always played soccer. Oh, first. It was most definitely soccer, um, but I can't remember if we were the the Whitecaps or the Furies. Nice, Whitecaps, mm-hmm. Vancouver Whitecaps of the NASL. That's a nice. And the Fury was Boston's team, I believe. I think it was the Whitecaps or the Furies. Okay. And Miles was the coach. I had I actually had two coaches. So was this Model Dairy and Bud- yeah. and Boomtown? Boomtown, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and then you sign up at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it was Y League, but it was sponsored by Boomtown and Model Dairy. So sometimes you had Boomtown on the front of your shirt, and Model mm-hmm. Dairy on the back, and vice versa other years. And your team was just simply based on the color scheme yeah. of the screening. Oh man. Okay. So then I was th- <laughs> I was just thinking of a buddy of mine that was on the team. His name is Matt Saris, and oh, yeah. Matt Matt was like a he was the stud on the team. And when I was announcing, he was a neighbor. He was yeah. a neighbor of yours. Yeah, Reno. Yes. Um, so we were. Uh, I was announcing a soccer match, the Reno 1868 FC soccer match, probably a month ago. I was working one of the matches, and just all of a sudden, Matt popped into my head, and I sent him a Facebook, uh, a messenger thing saying, "Hey, just thinking about you, my friend. I hope you're well. Um, I'm announcing a soccer match. It made me think of when we played together as a kid." Three seconds later, or whatever, he opens it up, reads it, writes back, and then we connect on Facebook. Nice. So it was it was a great memory, and, and yeah, Miles was our coach. And then when the other when Miles wasn't our coach, John Farahi, who owned the Adventure Inn. The other John Farahi. Yes, the other. Right. So there can only be one, uh, which is a Highlander reference. But yeah, so John Farahi, who owned the Adventure Inn, was our coach, uh-huh. and he was he was, like a dialed in coach. Where'd you guys get to play? Um, we played at one of three places, four. Um, Swope was our, Oh, okay. One of, yeah. One we of play our a lot of games at Swope. Uh, Horseman's yeah. Park. We also played at Clayton Middle School. Yeah. And then, um, uh, the Plumas Park, uh, Billinghurst Gym. Yeah. Those, so those are the four areas we played. I only, I only remember having practices at Billinghurst on Plumas. We only played games at either Clayton or, and Horsemen's always seemed huge. Yeah. Because they had huge goals and the yeah. fields seemed enormous and you're like tired because you're a little kid yeah. running up and down those ginormous fields. And then you look at it now, you're like, uh, not I, that big. Yeah. 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 Huh. I played, I was in the first grade. My parents lied about my age. Oh. And played on the Buccaneers. And that was only because my folks did some sort of free agent swapping thing because I got drafted by a different team. Okay. But the Buccaneers was like all of the neighborhood kids. So this way I could get rides to practices and stuff like that. So they made sure that I was on carpooling. Yeah. The neighborhood team with like literally three other neighbors that were all on the same team together. Oh, wow. And we had, we had a couple of kids on our team that were amazing athletes. And then one kid who I still see was like the athletic director up at Galena that I knew from the first grade on. Okay. And you still see because that's Reno. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Reno. Yeah. You <laughs> run across people all the time. You're like, yes, I've now known you for <coughs> 40 me. something years. Yeah. So yes. that's, that's, that's always the response. That's why I just like blurted it out the way I did. I'm like Reno yeah. because it's just what it comes down to. All right. So you said we're, we're about wrapping to- it up. Yep. 
because right. we want to do these things about 35 to 45 minutes about time-wise. Okay. So we're about that time. Oh, well, to commemorate then. What do the we have? First, you've, you've brought some podcast, the first time oh. that you and I will be drinking this beer together. I found this at the store the other day and it's something that's been out for a couple of years and yet we haven't had it here in the area until recently. Oh, good. So this isn't Montauki or anything. This like is that. not Montauki. Okay, that's good. Um, it is a Pilsner though. Okay. I know you're, you're not really big on Pilsners, but... No, if I can see through the glass, I generally don't drink it. So hopefully okay. you will enjoy... Yeah. I'll dump out the water so that we This Pilsner can... that is Metallica's beer. Wow. Okay. Enter night. All right. All right. So we'll do this. Yeah. Right on the microphone. Cheers to you. Tap the cans. Hold that. See how that smells? Mmm. Smells like beer. Mm-hmm. All right. Huh. Tastes like beer. It does. I'm very happy. Nice. I'm very well, happy. there we go. This. And the can says, uh, listen to Metallica. So. <laughs> of course it does. We will go do that after this. We shall. And uh, we will do the next one of these in a week or so. Okay. We'll have to think of the next topic. Fine. Because it's really hard to think of the second thing. So we have to come up with something completely different. A, uh, a radio friend of yours and mine said, has, I think, one of the perfect phrases. You have your entire life to write your first record. You have 20 seconds to write the next one. Absolutely. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you next time.